All right, welcome to the AMM podcast. I'm Andrew Michael Metter, and today I have the privilege of talking with my friend, my brother, Quantel. Quantel, introduce yourself. What I say all the time back in the day, Quantel, aka True, aka the Revolution Untelevised, aka will be here all day if I keep doing my AKAs. <laughs> all right, so I'm here to talk to Quantel. We're going to just have a conversation about music. Let's start with this. Quantel and I have a song called Split the Sky. And part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast was because I want to have conversations about how to make society, how to make the world a better place for all people. So tell me about your perspective on Split the Sky. Man, uh, my perspective on Split the Sky, man, at first, when you had hit me up to do the record to jump on the song, I was honored. But I also remember after writing my verse, having a dream the night before I presented it to you that you were not going to like it. Because if you can see or hear this podcast, um, Andrew is very light skin. So um, (laughs) I was going in, I'm that guy that, you know, like, let's, let's tackle, let's hold people accountable. Let's, let's tackle both sides. And um, I I went from the perspective of, you know, man, um, the man's foot is always on my neck. You know, we can't, the, the one people group can't come up because of quote unquote, the white man. And then in the end of the song, I reverse and I hold the other side accountable. So I, I wanted, uh, I was just hoping that you would give, you would be patient to hear where I was going. And if, and if uh, people that hear the song, if you don't know the beginning of the song, I'm speaking in, um, and I'm the narrator communicating both sides of my verse. You see what I'm saying? Like a lot of people here, and no truth be told, uh, I, I'll stand on my verse. A lot of the things in my verse, I believe I stand on, but I wasn't creating from that point of view. You know, when I when I open up the verse and I'm like, uh, black lives matter, no, all lives matter. We keep cooking that beef and Satan just sit and get fatter. What I was saying was like, I'm saying, oh, black lives matter, no, white lives matter, all lives matter. And, and then I come in and I'm like, yo, we keep, we keep harping on that, bro. We're going to lose. Like, if we keep being distracted by that little, like, we keep fighting and swinging a sword over that, there's only one person eating off that platter, bro. Only only, only one, you know what I'm saying, only one energy source, only one demonic force is is steaming off the energy and, and grinding and building off our division. So when you hear the verse, man, it's like, it's really trying to communicate everyone else's view and but also my view and also like hey let me jump in let me see it from this brother's point of view well maybe this is a a opportunity for them to see it from my point of view and you know just hey all that good stuff i'll be honest when i love that you started the verse off like that with black lives matter no all lives matter but every time that i'm sitting in the room with someone and that line plays I tense up and I get really uncomfortable (laughs) I because I'm the producer on the track and I, you know, worked on it with you. I'm like, I hope they don't think that I think that all lives matter is an appropriate response to black lives matter. So I get tense and I watch them. I'm looking at them and just waiting for them to be like, (laughs) 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 but I, but I love it because it does, it just, leans right into that tension. Another great thing that you say, this line was, I think was revolutionary for me to hear was, 
before smartphones, nobody really believed us. Yeah. That line is so powerful. Yeah, bro. I, I remember when I recorded, bro, you, you, you stopped the session and you hugged me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I, and if you know Andrew's personality, he's like, yo, is this Andrew being Andrew or is this a moment right here? So it, it took me, it took me a minute, man, but it was real, man, you know, but for the smartphone, nobody really believed us, you know, before the, the worldwide internet, the wild, wild net, you know what I'm saying? Nobody believed us that it's like, man, nobody understood the, the being followed in the store by getting pulled over and by nobody really knew it was that real. Like, despite we had video of Rodney King, what in 95, 94, you know, I was, I was a kid, but despite of hearing, I think the smartphone really brought people into the lives of, of us. And I I understand why people coined like, yo, black lives matter. I, I don't believe they were trying to say, um, Mexican life or, or Hispanic life or European life or any other life is is less than. Yeah. I, they were just trying to remind, like, hey, can you know, African life matter as well, you know, because the way y'all moving out here, oh, well, all lives matter, but the, these videos don't 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 come yeah. across. We can't that. we can't tell that Black Lives Matter. We, we, we can't. And, that, and that's what I think that the people in that movement and, and for people and for myself and for people that be like, yo, hey, man, like Black Lives Matter, no, all lives matter. You hit it, Andrew. I think the world was saying, well, could, could you tell them? <laughs> could you tell the guy that's behind me? Can you tell the lady at the store? Like, could you can you tell them? Like, I'm with you. I agree. I believe all lives matter. But we got to admit, a lot of us believe don't believe that or a lot of us don't practice that so I, I like again when it comes to split the sky man it was so dope man because it was like yo somebody's wanting to tackle a real subject you know um certain subjects that uh people run from you know if you know andrew he's the guy he's gonna run to he's gonna run in like yo let's go and address this because we, we do better man after hard conversation we do better, man, when you and I sit in a room, man, and we, we discuss this, the, the, the state of our country, the state of uh, just people and how how can what we do be of a service to them. So, yeah, man, before the smartphones, nobody believed us. Hmm. And I think I think it's something where in music. It just seemed it, it's corny to be preachy or it's corny to like be in the tower and feel like you have the right perspective, you've got the answers and you're going to like tell everyone right what the truth is. Because at some point, no one has the perfect circle perspective. No one's completely holistic. Everyone's got shortcomings. Everyone's got blind spots in their perspective. But I don't feel like you were doing that on your verse. I, I feel like you were just raising questions. Okay. And speaking okay. your mind. And I think that's a lot more valuable to art than just coming out and like being preachy or didactic in what you're saying. Yeah. If, um, you know, if anybody follows, uh, my music for the 63 people that like what I do, <laughs> you know, shout out to my 63 fans. I love y'all. Um, if you follow what I do, I, I'm, I'm always painting the picture. 
You know, I'm always the Switzerland. I'm always just giving perspective. Like I, I had done a spoken word um, titled, I believe, uh, Women in Cage. And it was just asking questions. Can women preach? Can women teach? Uh, you know, what is their role in the church? And so many people just hit me up and was like, you this, you go bust hell wide open and this, and God said this, and God ordered, and I suffer a woman not to teach, and and women keep silence, and you you putting this out there. And I was like, yo, brother, slow down, and you're you coming at me, but I'm telling a story. I'm the narrator. And I said, do you want to know what I personally believe? He was like, yeah. I was like, well, why didn't you ask me? Like... And I, I believe people in in music, anything I do with art, I'm really trying to tell both sides, bro. I'm really trying to tell when you see the little dude hustling out on the street, man, and you think he's just uh, a thug and he don't want to work and he's lazy. That's 30, 25 percent. But you don't know the 75 percent. You you don't know that his, his dad is probably gone or his mom's probably gone. And he got three little siblings that's in the house with no electricity. So, so is he, is he right for selling drugs? No, I don't support that. But I understand what what's going on behind him on the corner. You see him on the corner selling drugs. I see him trying to be a man of his family and feed his sister. And 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 he he, he you ever been that hungry? You know what I'm saying? I I see him trying to survive, and I see I know the circumstances he was put in. I know I know the ghetto he lives in, and I know the survival the survival tactics that he has to maneuver through. So again, he's not right on the corner. But if I tell a story from a guy selling drugs. I'm not endorsing the guy selling drugs. I'm trying to bring you in to see it from his point of view. Mm -hmm. Just like every guy that looked like Andrew does not hate me and, and is not against me. Uh, as much as society and the internet wants me to believe that, that Andrew, because of the lack of pigment in his skin, he's against me, I, I just, I can't really subscribe to that. Mm -hmm. I have to handle Andrew based on how he handles me and it makes my life more difficult. You know, you get called names, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But again, bro, I'm just, I'm just out here to uh, tell perspectives and give, try my best to give the whole truth. Yeah, man, I think, I think about this so much and, you know, in certain conversations, I open up more to people and I feel like this is, this is worth stating on the podcast, just that I feel, I feel a weight of responsibility for racial reconciliation and racial unity and I don't know necessarily how what to go about doing that like these problems are so large they're systemic they're predicated upon multiple factors that are far-reaching and way beyond my grasp but I feel like at least being able to talk about them having meaningful, deep friendships with people that don't look like me, with people who are ideologically different. Yeah, like, can you handle that situation on your end? Yeah, I'm sorry, bro. Got it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just silence, the phone. I'm over here spilling my guts and you're just like on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not Twitter, but I apologize. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, I, Man, I just think there's so much nuance to conversations about race because I've been in situations where some people want to use the term black. Some people want to use the term African-American. 
And it's almost like you can't please everyone, but everyone's tensed up because they're worried about saying the wrong thing. And I'm just trying to live in unity with people. And like I said, like I want this to lead the conversations that make society better, that make the world a better place for all people, not just Caucasian people, not just Latino people, all people living in harmony and getting along, recognizing and respecting one another. Yeah, man, I, I feel you because you and I have had that conversation when I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm African or I'm African-American or that brother is a Caucasian-American. And I believe, like you said, somebody like, well, this person refers to being black. This person wants to be referred to as a color. This person wants to be a African-American. Um, I know my our good brother DJ is like, yo, I'm American. You know, some people subscribe to that. And I believe when you're dealing with... Um, the African-American race, the, you know, the, the African-American um, culture and community is like, bro, we were told what we were for so many years. I, I, I will determine what I'd be referred to. And I think that's what it like, you know, for once I was three fifths a human. I was, I was black. I was colored. I was the N word. I was this, you've been telling me how to think, how to live. You've been telling me what I am, how to subscribe. And it's like, no, nah, like I'm, you No, I'm not that I'm that. And I think a lot of us, that's really me. Like I will be determined what I'm identified as from this point on, because history tells me I didn't have to say so. Hmm. So, uh, and I know that it, I, I have, you know, you, 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 my, you, my man, 50 grand. And I, we have these conversations where a lot of people are came to me like Quantel is, is, you know, saying you're, you're Quantel is a black guy. Is that okay? Or is African-American? And I get it. And I'm like, you know, because you're like, you don't want to offend me. Right. And I'm like, man, do you see not only how, um, and, and for the people that, the, Europe, the descendants of Europeans, the Caucasian Americans that have your heart of reconciliation, man. I watch how the sickness and the sinful hatred and the yuckiness of slavery is now come and have them in a form of bondage. Because they they feel like, I, I, I have to take, you got to suffer all the, the your forefathers. And you got to carry guilt and carry blame for you like, fam, I'm only 23. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wasn't. I wasn't there. My parents didn't raise me like that. I don't believe that. That's hatred. That's that's sinful. God had nothing to do with that. And it's like you have to carry that. And now you're like, I want to help, but I don't even know how, you know, how do I refer to you? Where do I start? Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, so I always look at um you again, I'm a guy to try to look at the other side. It's like, man, you know, for the people that's not of African descent that hate racism that is not prejudice, that want to live in unity, man. Those videos, man, uh, of someone killing or murdering an uh, unarmed African-American man, it don't help either side. It fuels our, it fuels this side to say, look, man, they hate us. They're always trying to kill us. They're against us. And then it, 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 it shortens your reach for trying to build a bridge because you look like them. They classify me because I look like him. I'm classifying you because you look like them. So that's why we all have to be together to kill racism because it doesn't help. It doesn't help when I come and be like, bro, let's change our perspective. Everyone's not against us. And I'm trying to tell that to the homies and they pull up 18 videos. I run out of energy, like, dang. Mm. And then you like, bro, I call my man Quantel African-American. I call my other homie African-American. He got offended and said he was black. You're like, oh, bro, I'm, I'm just gonna call you human. You. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? It can get, yeah. it, we, we run out of energy. And I think that's what you were saying. Like, where do I start? Like, bro, my whole, my whole focus and heart is like, how do I 
build a bridge of racial unity. Yeah. Racial reconciliation. And it's just like, man, you grow weary, bro. Like when you read and do history and, and then you go forward and you try to live in today and you see what's going on, the division, you just kind of get selfish. Like, well, I'm just going to have my friends in my community and we understand each other. So I get exactly where you're like, where do I start? And I feel like even with, like I've gotten questionable looks from people, even when I use like inclusive terms or unifying terms like brother and sister. Like if I referred to you as my brother, some people will think, oh, I'm using that in a pejorative context because you're black. Yeah. Or like my saying like sister. And if that person happens to have dark skin, now all of a sudden I'm, I'm promoting stereotypes, but I'm trying to use it in the sense of like, no, like, we're all connected. Like we're all the same species. We're all trying to figure this out. Like, yeah. Uh, some people though, they don't want unity, bro. I, I've said this for years and through different podcasts and interview, man, division pays the bills, bro. Like that stuff pays the bills, man. This, this left side, right side, my side, your side, us and them, bro. It employs too many people, bro. Let's just be real, man. Like, let's let's quit playing. For all the listeners that's tuning in right now, and let's quit playing, bro. A lot of people do not want to see us unify. It's too many. It's too many nationalists. It's too many parties. It's too many religious views that profit off us being against each other. So that's really the elephant in the room that we can't navigate and realize every African-American does not want to unify with you, Andrew. And every Caucasian-American does not want to unify with Quantel. And every Hispanic don't want to, don't want to rock with, a, with, a, with, a, you know, with, with everybody. Some people want their own side. Some people want their own universe. Some people just feel a hatred. And some people are like, I don't hate you, but I don't want to kick it. I don't want to build. And my whole heart is, man, when I realized that division pays the bills, I was like, I want to build with the remnant. Like, give me the Andrew. I, I, let's build with Andrew. Let's create things. Let's create. Um, let's do things that push, push it forward that we can one day pass the baton and our country, our family, our children will be in a better, our nation, our world will be in a better place. I'm, I'm not wasting time trying to convert a racist, man. I, I'm sorry. Like, I love you. The door is open, bro. But if I, like, right there, if you like, yo, this is my sister, and you got to waste three minutes trying to say, man, did I offend them? I, would, I just love her. She's my sister. I don't have time for that right now. I'll be honest. And next podcast, I may have a different heart, but at this moment, I don't have time. <laughs> so in my in my mind i think of all of these nuanced situations where racism could be disguised or i don't I can't i'm trying to think of the right word for it but like here's an example i'm a very um paranoid person yeah. so like to the point where if i'm in a big like open place, I won't just walk in straight lines. I'll actually walk in sort of like a shifting waving pattern back and forth 
just so that if someone's trying to like snipe me from a roof, it's making their life harder. Like in in the back of my mind, that's a legitimate real thought that I have. And so I like, that's something I think about even when like I worked as a chemist in a bottled water company and it was 400,000 square feet of warehouse. And I would be walking through this warehouse by myself in between rows and rows and rows of pallets of bottled water. And I would be thinking, man, if a lion got let loose in here, what would I do? Like, where would I go? Yeah. Do you ever, like, do you have thoughts like that? No, I have thoughts when I'm, um, when I'm talking to people, my brain does just wonder sometimes, like when I'm, especially in a public place, man, uh, coming from where I come from, I'm always thinking, you know, am I good in here? Am I safe? Does somebody, I hope somebody don't know the old me and won't beef with the new me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm always like, man, you know, peeping and scoping out the room, you know, because old habits die hard, man. So I'm always, especially when somebody run up, I'm like, hey, you're Quantel. I'm like, yeah, I'm sizing them up. Like, yo, he get out of pocket, I might could, you know, if he got to go. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm not to the point where I think somebody's sniping, but I always feel like, what if I'm, especially bro, like being in a context where I'm always most I'm mistaken for someone else. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, people all look alike, it's not true. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always like, man, especially depending on where I'm at, if I'm in a church setting, I'm more so good, but I'm up in a, in a nuclear, secular, just general spot, man, I'm on guard. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I'm, I'm on guard because I am a person that used to live an extreme lifestyle. And I'm not naive to believe that everybody has forgiven me and is living this brand new life. So I'm trying to make sure those old habits don't come and bite me. So I ain't gonna lie, especially, bro, when I'm in a, in a setting, man, I'm, I'm back. I'm back in the trenches. I'm back in a whole different mindset. But I like to believe, man, um, outside an idiot coming in and trying to harm churches, man, when I'm amongst the kingdom and I'm in that setting, I'm I'm a little better. Hmm. So that's a a perfect segue because, because I have that paranoia or like those thoughts in the back of my mind. So the first situation is you're, you're walking down the street at night. So the street lights are the only source of light that you see. So it's dark. You're immediately a little more suspicious of everyone at night. Yeah. And in my mind, it doesn't matter who it is or what they look like. If they're physically larger than me, could be Caucasian, could be African-American, could be Latino, could be, you know, whatever race or whatever perception you have of their skin tone. If they're bigger than me physically, I get nervous. It doesn't matter if it's a bigger white person, if it's a bigger black person, like if you're bigger than me, I'm probably going to walk across the street because you're physically bigger and you present like a a danger to me if you have that intention in your mind and I'm not a mind reader. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a chance, but at the same time, someone smaller than me also presents just as much as a danger because they could be packing a knife, they could be packing a gun, you know, any sort of thing. So I feel like there are some racial situations like that, that don't get diffused 
but there are very real factors outside of race that cause confusion and cause those things to be misconstrued. Oh, okay. So you're saying like, basically, if you're walking down a dark, just a dark road and you're just out for a night, a midnight stroll and uh, uh, a bigger Caucasian guy's walking in your direction, you're going to just go on, you're going to cross the street and, yeah. get, and get another path. And you're like, that's normal. But are you saying like if you if it's an African American guy you do that it's like yo bro you're racist you're like no bro I I would did that with anybody right yeah I think like because of the the details of the situation like if that person was African American that yeah. person was black and I went across the street yeah. it could be construed as yeah oh this guy sees me and he thinks blah 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 yeah you and it, it takes a person um one or two things uh when 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 my when I'm walking down the street. And uh, somebody, a person of European descent, a Caucasian American, uh, cl she clutches her purse, or they cross the street. Um, one is fifty percent of that was racist. Fifty percent of that was stereo, you know, stereotypical. And I have to, I have to look and say, well, I blame media because I'm under. I, I try my best to understand. For one, some people I don't give this break to. Like, nah. It's just a bigot, bro, and you're 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 racist and prejudiced and you're everything. And I'm I'm saying words in my head that I probably need to repent for later. You see what I'm saying? But then I, again, because I want to build this bridge, I want to see from this perspective. I'm like, yo, that that that's the effects of media right there. And people are like, what do you mean media? It's like, bro, if this lady is up and she watches a movie at one o'clock on on a network. And everybody that looks like me is a drug dealer named Uzi. Then her only perspective of people that look like me is a drug dealer, is a robber, they, the purse snatcher, a chain snatcher. So if you constantly keep putting, putting, casting me, when you cast me for a movie, I'm always that character. It is hard for somebody to to separate that from real life. So that's why, bro, I be I be big on like, nah, I'm not watching that, bro. Like I'm not doing that because I've under I understand that for some people that is reality, but media has helped that. And so I, I don't spend all my time trying to say why they cross the street. I try I spend all my time like, man, how to how do we have a dialogue about crossing the street? How do we have a conversation? And then I take a responsibility because I have, I'm a guy that's covered in ink. I'm a guy that has face tats. You know, at one point in time, I wanted people to cross the street when I walked through. Like, yeah, son. I, that was me. That's who I was. So, you know, um, I believe the late six, seven, be not deceived. So a man, so it is what he reaps. I, I can't now be offended when somebody crossed the street. Cause at one point in time, that was your wave, like you. That was your 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 uniform when you came out, no shirt, tattoos, pants sagging, this and that, being ruthless. And now that I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm different. I've grown up. Yes, I was 17 then. They don't know that. So we have to work hard changing media, changing the stereotypes, um, and having dialogue and understanding that no matter how many conversations we have. No matter how many times you pray, no matter no, how, how bad you want it to be unity, that person is going to cross the street for all the wrong reasons.
Mm. Not because of their anxiety or their PTSD, but because they think all Hispanics are thugs. They think all African-Americans are going to rob them and harm them. And that's what most of media, not all, that's what the majority of media has told them. Mm -hmm. No. So from your from your perspective, in your opinion, looking at those stereotypes, is it helpful or harmful to to live by those? Because a lot of it is just basic like survival instincts. I want to keep my stuff. I want to stay alive. So if I keep this information in my mind and I view the world through these things, it can be beneficial for me. It can save me a lot of trouble. So from that perspective, is it worth it? Man, um, man, that was a good one. That was a good question. How you set that up, bro? Because it's like, man, the whole goal for me, man, I'm trying to get home at night. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tuck my kids in. And I'm trying to wake, wake them up in the morning. And when I look at their face and I'm loving on them and I want to be here to watch them graduate, my daughter be married, my son be married, I'm be a grandfather. When I look at that, bro, I don't really care about your feelings. I don't care how I offended you. We're trying to get home, cuz. <laughs> like, like, can we just be real? Just stop podcast, be super real. Like, I don't care about none of that stuff. I said, let's dialogue and build. Like, nah, bro, I'm going home. You know what I mean? Like, real talk. Like, um, so man, when it comes to survival, man, and that that's the problem though, Andrew. I believe everybody's trying to survive. And everybody has the, the, the mentality I just described that a second ago. Like, man, I'm trying to go home. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to go home, bro. Like, I'm trying to grow old. You know, I don't want to be a hashtag out here. I don't want to. I'm, I can't jump in the front line for everything. So, I, man, I don't know, man, because a lot of my, let me, let me be honest, a lot of my, my observation, back then I say stereotypes. Now in the kingdom I say discernment. Kept me alive. You know, same thing. We just, you know, change it up. <laughs> it's discernment now. You know? Um, so, yo, man, like, when I, I, I can't help, I can't say, a, a, me, me classifying and stereotyping and looking at people, man, it's wrong, bro. But a lot of people are looking at it as a survival method. And I don't know how to justify or say it's wrong like i believe we should not handle hispanics a whole group of people off the experience of one right or wrong that's wrong but man i think man when i when i think about that bro I, i'm just trying to go home man i i got pulled over a couple weeks ago man and the guy pulled me up jump i was he was in front of me he was standing outside the road and he pointed his finger and just like told me to pull over and i was like Man, I don't. I, can you even pull me over like this? Like, bro, you ain't blue like me. You're in front of me. Like, I should make a citizen's arrest right now. Like, and you know, <laughs> he, my daughter was in the back seat, and um, man, I didn't, I didn't really have no words, man. But how you doing, sir? Headed to my office. You were going this and that and that, and then, okay, cool. You can show up for court, and that's like. Why, what are you doing, Quanto? Make sure I get home, bro. I'm not gonna have a trial on the side of the road. I'm sorry, bro. But the way this is set up and the way viral videos go, 
people that look like me don't get to express themselves on the side of the road and make it home. Mm. I, I, I wait, bro. Like I have to say, man, even though the has a justice system been fair to people that look like me, I, I, I'll take my chances of a case not going in my favor than my wife picking out a, a tombstone, bro. So I, I stereotyped him. I knew, like, bro, you, what did you just do, bro? Like, you, you're standing and pointing. This is a, this is a traffic stop. You wouldn't even in your car. For you to get pulled over when they just go, and you're like, bro, like you're in front of me, standing by your car, and you do this with your finger. This is a traffic stop. Like, I should be able to go. You didn't blue light me. You didn't do nothing. You told me I was speeding. Like, how do you know? Mm. And, bro. Why did I go straight the lawyer on him? Because I want to tuck my kids in the night. Well, that's not fair. I agree. Mm. Well, you got rights. I like to think so. You're an American citizen. Tell them. <laughs> Don't tell me. But I, I can't, when I say I can't jump out of every bullet, I'm like, listen, bro, that cop could have been my best friend, could have been a great guy could have never had not had a racist bone in his body, could have been one of the cops that speak against every ounce of uh, police brutality. I, I ain't rolling that dice. Sir, give me my ticket because the way I train my boys and I teach them, the only win after being pulled over is being able to drive away. Mm. But what if I ain't do nothing? Son, I pray that we live in a world one day where you can express yourself and, and fight your case, but let's not have a trial on side of the road because history has told us it does not go good in our favor for people that look like us. We got work to do. Man, I'm crying over here. Yeah. That's too, that's too real. That's a powerful truth. I, if nothing else, I just want to share other people's perspectives, like pass the mic, like we just did. Yeah. So you can speak your mind. Yeah. Let's let's go to music. Let's go to something neutral. You know what I mean? Like not because I want to uh, get off this. I just don't want to stereotype our relationship. And every time we together, we have to talk about solving the world's problems when it comes. So I don't want to do that to us. Like you know. True. Hey, brother, you know, like, I, I, I want to, I, I, you know, I love you for free. You know, that's my saying. I, I want to be friends for free, so I don't want us to always box ourselves into every time we're building. It has to be one music and one racial uh, unity, which is beautiful. I love both. I love both. Yeah. I'm excited. For one, I'm excited you're doing this podcast, man, because people really need to not only hear Andrew Michael Meadows' music, they need to hear his heart and his point of view. It's going to be fun. I'm excited for this, and I'm honored to be on your show. So let's talk about authenticity in music. Okay. So do you feel like you can play a character in a song, like play that narrator? Yeah and keep a high level of, of authenticity, like being true to yourself, or do you feel like you lose some of that? Okay, if I'm, if I'm playing a character in a song, do I believe I'm, I'll lose some of that or I'm giving it 100%, so to speak? Yeah. 
Uh, I believe, I would like to believe the, the majority of the audience of the people that follow me and listen to me, uh, I think they're of the same faith I am. And I've actually um, had songs that are really edgy and really far and have gotten emails or comments or when I'm letting them listen to my team, they're like, man, this, this no youth pastor can get behind this or that what is the church going to say, so to speak. And it's like, man, well, let me, let me edit this verse and go a different route. But I feel the first route, the authentic route was the route that was going to help somebody be delivered. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember his true story, bro. My first project, bro, I had a song, man, and I was just like, I really want to walk with the Lord, but the internet got free porn. I don't know if I said it on your show. I don't know if it's, you know, I'm sorry. You can edit it if not. Speak your mind. Um, But, and, 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 and it was real. And I was like, I, you know, that was my heart. That was what me and my dudes were raised. Like, I really wanted to walk with the Lord, but there was this thing called the internet, man. And it did not, you know, it was just wild, wild. It was this. And I wasn't, I was saying like, man, I want to be pure. I want to be holy. But somebody helped me tackle this monster. And the other three million men, that are losing everything behind this and women that this thing is growing rapid, not only in our lives, but in the church and leadership everywhere. And I had a worship pastor come and say, you can't say that. You, he told me, he's like, you can't release that. I was like, why? He's like, you just told the kids, you just told people the internet got free point. Like what? <laughs> I, I just told them. <laughs> No, that smartphone you got in your pocket told him, like, what? Like, bro, bro, we had, bro, that song almost didn't make the tape. Bro, that I've never, I told him, he's like, yeah, you, like, no youth pass, no church, no, nobody can, and of course, it wasn't a, it wasn't a song you play at your youth concert. But it was, it was, it was, it was talking about, you know, the song is titled Delilah. The song was titled Delilah, and it was just, and it was like, you just told him that, man. And I'll be honest, man, I think I performed that song one time and never did again because I was like, I want to get invited back, or I don't want the, the, the quote unquote church mad at me because I should have edited that part. It was other parts that was like, you should edit, it was this. And right there was the first step of me walking or being forced into the box of creativity. Mm-hmm. You're going to create for the church. You have to create like this. And I just thought, man, I want to be 100% honest. I want to be authentic because I was thinking about the guy or the girl that was going to hear this and say, that's my heart as well. I love the Lord, but this addiction is real. So I wasn't trying to be bookable. I wasn't trying to be... You can book him. I was really thinking like, don't we do this to help people? You know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Mm. You know, so now, nah, bro, ever since then, man, it's been, now I'm, I'm like, I'm back. And I'm saying what I want to say, you know, and I've been doing that. I, I kind of like, you, bro, you can miss me with that. And you're not going to put that on me that I just told the world about the wild, wild internet. Like the devil is a lie. You know what I'm saying? I just told the world that we, we're all battling and we all got to come together, but I just didn't like, no, bro. So mm-hmm. 
I try my best to be, bro, but I, I'm not going to lie, that conversation, that was eight years ago, or nine, or ten. It was a long time ago, and it's still stuck with me, as you can tell. Hey, man, just save us a lot of trouble, and just keep your struggles to yourself. No one wants to hear about that, okay? Yeah, yeah. No, no, nobody, nobody wants to hear about, about you in the process. We want to hear about how God delivered you, and we shout and say, won't he do it? Don't tell us about your struggle. <laughs> Man, that's wild because I was just listening to a talk from Jordan Peterson. He was talking about false celebrity. And he was referencing the movie Pinocchio, like the Disney animated film. And just talking about how people's behavior changes when they start to receive net negative feedback or criticism from the audience. And so then he was saying it can create this state of mind where you're living to please the audience and you're not living for benefit or positive reinforcement, but you're living just to keep negative reinforcement and to keep the booze from crowding your mental space. And he said that can be, that's an incredibly harmful place to be because the false celebrity comes in when you're being celebrated for being c completely inauthentic, not being yourself and people love you for something that's not really genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a, a box. <laughs> yeah. That's and what, what you just shared was a, a perfect example of that. Wow. And I, I get the perspective where you're, you're a youth pastor in a church and you don't want people to hear a song about, yeah, I struggle with internet porn. Yeah. But at, this, but at the same time, we have got to address these things. We've got to talk about the things that are growing mold under the carpet. Because if we don't, everyone's just going to keep festering and getting moldier and moldier and it's going to weigh them down and in the long run i think it's going to be way more detrimental than just talking about it head on yeah and what what i would like to say for any consumer of chh uh christian hip-hop i do chh i call it conscious hip-hop you know what i mean i'm not mad at christian hip-hop wherever you wherever you get my music and whatever you say this is this is it that's that Bro, we're telling stories, man. So if if I'm giving you, if I'm narrating a story, bro, like I, I'm playing a character. Like it's just like the movie, you know. Every story on my musical project are not my personal experience. Ninety-seven percent of them are, but some some of them are. There, it's a story. It's entertainment. And I believe we as the body has to learn how to consume entertainment like that, consume an album and like separate that story. Because if you know me, once you heard that record, you could have just called and said, yo, Quan, like, yo, bro, you good? You need prayer? I was like, oh, bro, that's not about me. It's about my man, Andrew. I just wanted to tell it from my perspective. But that wasn't about me, bro. I read that in an article. I heard that on the podcast. That's not about anybody I know personally, bro. I just think that's what we are dealing with as a global situation. So I think the that's the listener's responsibility. That's the listener's responsibility. Because in that same record, bro, I was like, I'm sitting here with the blunt rolled up. 
I got the double cup. I'm talking about drug use. And he didn't say, I'm, I'm, you're not, you, you, it was, he never said, you're telling the kids to use drugs. Mm. You're telling the kids to use drugs. You're telling them to do, you, 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 you stayed right there. Mm. And I was just like, brother, I'm here for you if you need prayer. If, <laughs> if, that, <laughs> if that's drug enough, brother, my brother, like I'm here for you. <laughs> because you, Go look, look, go look to the record. It's on the good music. Shameless plug. And it's, it's Delilah. You was like, yo, he talked about a million and three different things. Talked about paying ties. And, 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 and was behind on rent. It was a, you know, but it was like, you told him that. I was like, well, uh, what about the dilemma of paying my rent or paying ties? And no, and it was because, man, like you said, and we talked about time, like, you don't come out here talking about real issues. Don't come out here talking about stuff we all deal with. Don't put our business in the streets of the internet. He's a good God and we're all holy and sanctified and he picked me up and he turned me around and he placed my feet on solid ground. And and, and we've been good and I'm holy. And we can keep we can keep doing that though. And we'll keep losing, not young people, but we'll keep losing people. And see, that, that's the crazy thing is that that is wildly inauthentic to me Yeah. to do that. But there's this whole culture of you've got to be trustworthy. And if we get – if there's any ounce or there's any small whiff of you struggling with something, and it's like, oh, okay, you, you can't be trusted. You, we can't follow you. We can't. We can't get anything good from you if we find out that you still have struggles. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's real, man. It, it is so real because I think the system is set up to where, and, and let's, let's bless everybody that's, that, that, that's a part of it. How does, now you help me, Andrew, I want to ask you a question. How does a pastor fall victim to, to anything of the world and come before his people and confess that and not be scared that did he lose his livelihood, his leadership, daughters in college. He wants to confess. He wants to repent. He want to be restored. I've messed up. Mm -hmm. But is his mistake, is it the mistake he made, does it disqualify him? Does it rip the anointing? Is the call of God no longer on his life? Here's, here's what I would say to that. I would say that one, pastors don't need to confess every sin in front of their congregation. I agree. They should have other people that keep them accountable in their personal life. So you're not in a situation where you're just live streaming your repentance to the whole church. So it's still good. I think also people need to realize that, and, and there's, so, there's so many church situations, even just from Pentecostal to Kojic to like Seventh-day Adventist, and every situation is different. They have a different context. But in general, I just feel like people should look at their pastor like someone who has a degree in studying the Bible. Every pastor is not a Moses. Every pastor is not, 
this, this super person with God's seal of approval that can never do any wrong. I, I think we need to get that view of pastors out of our mind, but in the American church, or at least the Western church, I think we have a celebrity problem. And I think we have a false celebrity problem. And I see it every time some pastor steps down or is accused of covering up a sexual misconduct investigation or, you know, doing one of these things. It's so ugly because we never want people to know that we struggle. Oh, if my pastor struggles, how can I follow him? Yeah. But like pastors, and you've been you've been you've been following him for fifteen years. I promise you, he's been struggling fourteen of those. So how can I follow him? I, same way he did fifteen years. What are you talking about? You know, so it is, man. It's but that that's a rabbit trail, bro. We'll we'll be here uh, to the. Oh, you don't you don't want to go deeper into that? Hey, man, it's your show. I'm following you. <laughs> I'm following you, my brother. Can I call you my brother? Yeah, you can because I'm I'm Caucasian. I just can't. I can't reciprocate it like I want to cuz Yeah, man. Hey. <laughs> no, you are my brother. There's unity here. Yeah. We're family. I believe it, brother. I I'm with it. You're definitely my brother, you know. We just don't want to offend offend the listeners. You know, I just want to protect the audience. I care about them, man. Go, go stream my whole discography, guys. I love y'all. <laughs> well, yeah, I think this is a, this is a good time to call it. Man, where where can people hear your stuff? Tell them, tell them the links. Man, I am a uh, Quantel Lindsay on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I am Quantel on every digital music platform, bro. I'm the, I'm the only one there. No, you know, it's only like one Quantel on the earth, maybe three at max. And I think I'm the only one that does music. <laughs> so well, that's um, Q-U-A-N-T-E-L. Yes, it's definitely Q-U-A-N-T-E-L. That's all you gotta type in on your uh, streaming platform. If I had a dollar for every time somebody called me Quintrell or Quintel, I, I wouldn't have to rap. Um, it is definitely Quantel. It is uh, it's, uh, spelled how it sounds, Q-U-A-N-T-E-L. And I'm Quantel Lindsay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to Andrew's podcast. Go get everything he's doing. I'm telling y'all, this brother is up next. Nah, he's now. He's right now. <laughs> <laughs>